We're recording on Gadigal land and we acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and pay our respects to their culture and elders. I'm Karina May. And I'm Claire Fletcher. And we love rom-coms. They're our favourite kind of love stories. We love reading and watching rom-coms so much, we started writing our own. We're always chasing that rom-com feeling. You know the one. The warm and fuzzy one. And we might not be experts, but by God, we're enthusiastic. And today we really are because this is a special summer episode. It's not part of our our normal season. We're like off script. This is a little bonus for you. Something to pop into your ears when you're on holiday. We've been, I mean, we're, we're recording this in December. <laughs> so we're channeling our future summary selves. But, you know, we're thinking about this as a kind of antidote to the burnout that you feel at the end of the year. It's been a big year for everyone. And hopefully when you listen to this, you're maybe off work, maybe you're in an exotic location, but we hope that you're or taking maybe, some time for yourself. Maybe you're still working and getting paid, but you're not doing anything. You know uh, that. Like it's always so bad when you're taking annual leave and then you forget like no one's doing anything anyway and you can save your holidays. So if that's you, we see you and well done. And if you're someone that I work with, I've never done that. <laughs> so summer reading. It's the best time of year to read. It is Absolutely the best time of year to read. I think that's why we're so lucky in the Southern Hemisphere, right, that our big Christmas period falls in summer. Mm. So we can lap up those holidays and the days off near a body of water, ideally. Mm. And Claire, I was saying to you off mic that I'm just so excited to read what I want to read. I think you can get caught up with new releases and when you're I guess, less in the world, you can just really focus on your own bookshelf. Maybe some Christmas presents as well that you've received, but curating that summer read, I think there's an art to it and it's really personal. So you said to me what you wanted to read and it's so different from what I want to read and we're going to get into that. So the first question I think is what makes a good summer read, Claire? Mm. That's a good question. I mean, I think for a lot of people, a summer read or a beach read is a light read, something that they will feel, you know, a book that has its own energy that kind of drags you through that it doesn't feel like an effort to read. Mm. It's It turns its pages on its own. Yes. Page turner. Or the beach breeze does. And you don't mind that you've skipped a couple. They're stuck together, but with the water and the sand. I don't know. I just feel when I don't have to read too closely. And it's more about vibe. Yeah, but I will say, I mean, a lot of what I'm looking forward to isn't maybe a classic beach read. So I think an element of anticipation. Often we're saving things. Mm, I have been saving, yeah. You are one particularly who likes to pair you know, mm. circumstances with the kind of story. Yeah, just know how I'm going to feel and, yeah, I would say give the book its best treatment. But there is a mixture as well because some of them – you know when you're squinting at the beach and you can't, especially often I'm reading on my Kindle and I can't see every word and it doesn't really matter if I kind of skip every second word, depending on what the beach read is. So I like that my full concentration for some of these books, like I don't I don't have to have it. Ah, see, it's a time of year when I, I do like to sink into a book where hopefully I've got more unbroken time. You know, you don't want to be reading something where you have to keep flicking back through pages or, or going over a, a paragraph to understand what it's saying. But I do find it's a time where I'm less, hopefully less distracted and can jump into something that might be a bit longer, a bit denser, a bit more complex and find the time. Because so often those stories are hard to dip in and out of. And when you can dedicate the time, it's a more pleasurable reading experience. So to summarise, beach read means something different to every single person. Funny that, as us as individual humans. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's chasing the warm, fuzzy feeling and it's chasing the books that are going to make you feel good, I think. And I guess that's the thing about summer reading too, isn't it? It's, it's not reading for any obligation but your own pleasure. Mm. And how about you going away, you walking into an Airbnb and you finding that shelf like chock full of favourite summer reads. Do you ever pick up one of those like random reads um, that you might find in a holiday house? It's always an interesting thing to check out when you do get to an Airbnb or a house, isn't it? Mm. Um, 
I'll do a flick through. Yeah. There might be a Bryce Courtney. Um, there's often You'll often end up reading something that you wouldn't mm. usually pick up, right? Mm. Um, but I never get to the end. I find there's always a lot of crime because to me, not, the, not to say that crime is disposable, but, you know, it's kind of one read and you're done. Uh, so there are often things that I'll buy at an airport and leave behind. Have you left any of your books behind at recent holiday stays? No, I keep forgetting to. Same. I've done obviously street libraries, mm. but I like that idea. We've we got to sh- remember to do that. We should have because we stayed together when we went to Wagga oh, for the yeah. weekend of romance and they had quite a lovely little library for that house. They had some, I think, Leanne Moriarty in there. She's a staple. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have Leanne in your, um, your Airbnb library, you're kidding yourself. Get on that. Uh, but yeah, put our books in there too. But I also just stayed at a really beautiful Airbnb in St George, my hometown, and I keep forgetting to leave a book there. So maybe I'll mail one to Lady Ethel's house. Oh, that's so cute. It's beautiful. Oh, that's so nice. And air conditioned, thank God. So I'm going to foster with my sister. Shout out to Danica. <laughs> Hi, Danica. She always gets a shout out. And we're staying at the motel that we used to stay at as kids. So we both felt like a nostalgic moment. She's got a big year coming up in 2024, getting married. And I think we just wanted to revisit our childhood. It has been renovated uh, since we last stayed there, but I'm hoping to get those feels. Uh, And I guess have those full circle moments of, I don't think I dreamt of being an author when I was, you know, in primary school, but I always loved English. So I think I might have one of those moments where I'm going back and feeling like, I remember when I was here. So I definitely will have to leave a book at the motel, Jasmine Lodge, which is now called something far sexier and <laughs> it's been renovated. Do On that note, and I guess nostalgia is a big part of, of these holidays so often, you know, we all have that one dish on the table at Christmas that is there just because, you know, for me it's Nana's potato salad with the uh, dressing made with condensed milk, which oh. have never been able to sell my husband on, but to me is still... Oh, I've never had that. Yeah. Ours is the... Have you had the marshmallow with the mandarin and sour cream? <gasps> it's a dessert. The ambrosia... Yeah, I'd, salad kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so good. I've never actually tried it. It's I'll make it for you. <laughs> it's it's okay. It's I, in my skill set actually because it's more of an assemble as mm. opposed to a cook. Yeah, I'm not like itching to try that. <laughs> That's something about the marshmallows outside of like a sweet context is very bamboozling. They still come together in a sweet way. Anyway, I think it would be like a pumpkin pie. You yeah, know, sitch. Yeah. Which often, well, not pumpkin pie, but they'll often do sweet potatoes with marshmallows in the mm, US yams, Thanksgiving. Sweet yams. It's a sweet potato. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but are there books that you return to in a nostalgic way? Over well, summer? we might be discussing one of those in our Christmas episode, but The Bronze Horseman, yeah, by Paulina Simons. And Which I just found in a street library and is going to be on my summer reading stack oh my gosh, because you've spoken that. about it so highly. Um, no, you've just reminded me. Oh, I'm yeah, type, type that in. Now. in. Yeah, and um, she's got a new one out at the moment which should actually be on my summer reading stack and I might add it as well because it's supposed to be the closest to The Bronze Horseman in terms of feeling. People have been raving about that. Well, yeah. specifically... Amy Lovett and Sally Hepburn. <laughs> I've heard them rave about it. Well, she's um, published by my publisher, Pam McMillan, so I just feel like we share DNA just from that. <laughs> I'm now just – it's like L for – The Light at Lavelle or something yeah, like that? Yeah, The Light at Lavelle. That's it. And I've definitely got that at home. How about you? How about any nostalgic reads? I love to reread Cloud Street oh, yeah. in the summer, often if I'm like back at mum's house. That's relatively short, right? So that's like – yeah, palatable. I mean, yeah. Oh, I mean, I find it a very yeah. It's a quick read, and it has that balance. I guess you know the literary page turner thing, where you've got you know beautiful sentences, gorgeous description, but quite a pacey plot, really. Yeah, no, I love it. Nice. My summer reading stack. I actually went through the process. I got a new bookcase recently. um, And so a lot of my books had been living on the floor for months and months and months. And it wasn't a Billy bookcase for those who have read Duck All Orange for Breakfast. Actually, can I jump in on that? Yes, please. Because my birthday present from my husband, who had just read Duck All Orange for Breakfast, was a Billy bookcase. He went to (laughs) Ikea, basically inspired by you, Karina. So all my books that have been in piles are now on a bookshelf. 
and I get to wake up in the morning and look at them all there. All my friends, I have my rom-com shelf. Oh, that's amazing. Did it come with the, um, like the building part as well? Because I feel like the purchase is easy. It's the building. He's very capable. Yeah. He's a capable man. He's a capable man. He's an excellent gift bite. Like he's someone who pays attention and gets gifts that are often practical, but still there's feeling, you know, there's, yeah. there's observation there. So he's a great gift buyer. He is. It's not a strength of mine. And it's terrible because my sister's really good at presents too. I hate this time of year because it's like, oh, someone's going to get me something really thoughtful and then I just feel like an asshole because I don't know what to get them. Yeah, and it goes beyond the like love languages and gift of giving because, yeah, it's it's not about materialistic things, is it? It's about the thought that they've listened to what you've said months ago and squirrelled it away. So mine is a Kmart shelf that, yeah, I had friends put together for me because <laughs> I'm not good at this stuff. But it's funny because I didn't really realise that I'd been curating like silently my little summer list um, until they also, it came with the service of putting the books on there, which of course I had to rearrange. My other shelf is colour coordinated and this one I decided to order a bit differently. Um, and I just picked a couple that I didn't shelf, that I just rested on the top of the shelf. And then I've been moving books in and out um, and I've finally settled on my list. So... Without further ado, mm. the other Bridget. So this is the much anticipated rom-com coming out from w- women's fiction Australian royalty Rachel Johns in January. So Claire and I have both been lucky enough to have an advanced copy of that sent to us. This is a nice thick one, but I think I'll be able to fly through it pretty easily. Um, and the cover's gorgeous. Actually features a bookshelf, <laughs> a rainbow-coloured bookshelf. Um, and the it's cover of that was really fun because they did the survey, right? They had yeah. a bunch of different cover it, options and you got to vote on it on Instagram. or. And my one won. Did you vote for that one? I think I did, yeah. yeah. And so it's got like a little um, nod to obviously Bridget Jones with the bunny ears as well, which mm. is so cute. Green Dot by Madeline Gray, which has... I guess, being the most talked about book release of the last month or so. I am expecting that to be, yeah, like Search History, which Claire, you recently read. Nobody Puts Rom-Coms in the Corner by Catherine Freeman. This one, uh, Josh Horchinella recommended, um, friend of the pod, <laughs> amazing bookstagrammer, bookseller at Dimmick Sydney. Uh, he always has the best rom-com recommendations. And that one's semi-researched for me as well because I am – currently working on, I guess, more of a US-based rom-com. So I'm interested to kind of see uh, the differences between Australian rom-com and US-specific rom-com. Love Interest by Claire Gilmore, which was actually gifted by Josh Hortonella. So you can see a theme here. And he raved about that as his best rom-com, obviously outside of ours, um, that he's read in the last couple of months. Where's she from? She's from the US. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, and the cover's really cute. It looks quite, yeah, it looks like a fast read. And The Burnout by Sophie Kinsella. So Sophie Kinsella uh, is probably one of the reasons why I wanted to be a writer. And I purchased this hardcover book when I was in the UK, signed edition. And I had started reading it in the Cotswolds um, and then decided um, that I wanted to wait so I could really like, yeah, spend some time with it so then I just mentioned to Claire like I have recently read Claire Keegan's um, So Late in the Day which is such a short and small read but packs a punch that one explores like misogyny so I feel like I might revisit some of her backlist. Have they all been published pretty recently because I feel like I've been seeing them all over people's feeds this year. It would actually be interesting to know in the duration how many because we were also chatting about why they weren't combined as an anthology if there is a common theme between them. Because it's an unusual format like I don't know of many other writers who have been I mean, allowed is not the right word, but publishers don't often do a lot of novellas. I think they're quite difficult to sell, but I think these have been kind of a breakout hit. Yeah, so she's an Irish writer. I mean, I guess... Are they even novellas or are they short stories? And They're short stories. I mean, so late in the day, I would guess it's 
It, I mean, it's well and truly under 10,000 words. That could even only be 5,000 words. And I don't know if they all vary. Um, but small things like these um, is her much acclaimed book and also Foster. And I think she's got Antarctica as well, which I've heard less about. So, yeah, small things like these was published in 2020. Foster was published in 2010. So I think it's more that she's just in the zeitgeist right now. Mm. Um, and for good reason. I mean, I love So Late in the Day. And as we were kind of talking about, it's also a great way of getting your numbers up, <laughs> your book count. I'm not huge on counting books. Do I think. you do the Goodreads like I don't. target? No, because we're counting so many other things. We're counting um, word counts for our writing. And I just, I like to keep it kind of separate, but... I guess subconsciously maybe I am. And then I've been wanting to pick up Before the Coffee Gets Cold, the Japanese translated books, Before Your Memory Fades, Before We Say Goodbye. I think they're a little bit longer, but I think they will be nice palate cleansers in between like what I guess is almost going to be exclusively um, aside from Green Dot, like a rom-com focused summer for me. So that will, I guess, pander more to my literary tastes as well. So... <laughs> It might vary a little bit, might change up, but I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with my stack. How about you, Claire? Yeah, well, my stack is maybe less relevant to our listeners because I've been saving quite a bit of litfic for the end of this year. Are you okay? What are you pointing? <laughs> I've just spotted a book on there that my book club has just picked. Um, Eden Glassie, is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll be reading that too, but probably later in January. Yeah, so that's smart. So Eden Glassie is the latest novel by Melissa Lukashenko, which came out, uh, I think, October this year. And it was definitely one of the ones I was most looking forward to reading this year because I love her work. She's a guru writer, lives around the Northern Rivers, but has spent a lot of time in Brisbane as well. So she's wonderful at bringing that world to the page and, you know, always has a really great connection to country in her work. And I think what I love is that she's a literary writer, but she doesn't skimp on humour and even a bit of romance. Like it's, it's all of the stuff that helps to propel you through a plot as well as looking at some quite serious stuff. So obviously Too Much Leap, her most more recent book, won the Miles Franklin, and I'm already hearing buzz that Eden Glassy might do the same. Her earlier books, um, Mullumbimby, is also great, and I think it's kind of linked to Too Much Lip. Uh, Eden Glassy, I think she's been working on it for a long time. It's very informed by history. I think it's got a few different timelines about, I think, the frontier wars. There's always a lot of Indigenous history in her books. So I think that's going to be really good. Looking forward to that. Uh, and The Hummingbird Effect by Kate Mildenhall, which I've been like wanting to crack I for know, so long. I know, and I still haven't gotten to that either. So that's up there. I'd love to get to that next week if I can. My husband already read it. He picked it up. As soon as I came back from her book launch, he's a big David Mitchell fan and I know Kate references David Mitchell as kind of an inspiration for sort of the structure and the scope that she wanted to do in that book. Uh, and I hear it has really great sex scenes as well. Oh, so yay. that's always fun for summer. Uh, I've got Everyone and Everything I just by picked this up as well. Nadine oh, Cohen. I literally just bought this the other day. I've been hearing such great things. And it, well, it's just been named, I think, Booktopia's debut mm -hmm. of the year. I mean, Nadine is someone, if you've ever been on Twitter, you'd be aware of her. Um, a very funny and smart person who's always had pretty strong activist bent. And I think this is a story, uh, you know, there's a lot of mental health stuff in there. I think there's a lot about sisterhood. And also a lot about the women's bars in Coogee, which is a place I'm hoping to spend quite a bit of the summer as well. Um, so I have started that and I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting deeper into it and finishing it. Like you, I have The Other Bridget by Rachel Johns. Uh, and together with the Bronze Horsemen, uh, they form quite a, a doorstopper pair. They do. <laughs> I've got Trent Dalton's Lola in the Mirror like to get to that over the summer, hearing really good things from the Dalton heads. Is that what they're called? Um, I don't know. I just made it up. <laughs> they are now. Side note, of course, Boy Swallows Universe is coming to Netflix in the next couple of weeks and I think that's going to be massive. Looks very gritty, but, I mean, so is the book. It looks amazing. I mean, the trailer had everything, heart-stopping mm. moments. Yeah, I got chills at the end of that trailer. Great music too. Mm. It's, it, feels like, it feels like they've been very... Not respectful, but they've paid a lot of attention to detail in the production. Like I know they were using locations around Brisbane. 
and out in the suburbs and yeah just like the music cues in the trailer alone make me feel like it's going to have a ripping soundtrack obviously no expense spared for this blockbuster story be interesting to see how it does overseas oh yeah i am going to try to reread good material by dolly alderton on paper this time i think get the highlighter out for that one as well because i think you've said as well on a line level she's great i might have to learn how to annotate yeah i get sabrina to give me some <laughs> <I> tips <laughs> Yeah, that will be interesting because I started, obviously, I listened to that on audio just because that dropped first yeah. and then I had the pre-order still arrive um, and I haven't cracked the spine yet. So, It was yeah. like you, I listened on audiobook and I think we recorded a fairly hot take about... You want to the, amend that, don't you? Particularly the end of Good Material and I've been consuming more conversations about it and, yeah, I, I think I need to give it another go. And mm. My stance doesn't change, so let mm. me know if yours does. Okay. Mm. Sounds good. Uh, and then my only other question is what do I have to do to get a copy of Bree Lee's book, The Work, which has just been rolling out. Everyone's getting the little promo packages on Instagram with the hat, the caps, Lit Girl Summer. They're... Obviously, I think she's published by Alan and Unwin and I think they're expecting that to be really huge mm. next year. It's due for release in April. It's Bree's first fiction, her fiction debut. It's called The Work. Covering some territory I've been interested in exploring around kind of art and who gets to make it. Hearing her speak about it, particularly on their, her podcast with Bright Edge Jabor, um, cool story. Sounds like it's very sexy, mm. uh, which is always intriguing. She's using a blueberries emoji a lot, so I think there's... Really interested to oh, see. I haven't noticed that. Mm. But where, so Claire and I are going to a live, is it a live recording or just a live show of Cool Story, which is um, I don't really, know. So, I mean, we will hopefully have opportunity for you to ask directly for a copy. I mean, I can <laughs> cheer you on while you do that. <laughs> just bail people up like I did at bloody <laughs> Carolina Donahue's party. It's, it's amazing how that does actually work. It's a very effective strategy. Well, I was hoping we'd be friends forever after that. It hasn't taken, so I'm sure trying again is going to make me look really cool. Yeah, so I guess that's that's my – well, I guess the only other thing is – and I haven't got any of these books yet, but um, there's a couple of writers who I have been wanting to explore, and they each have a bit of a back catalogue now, and that's Joanna Nell and Sophie Green, both of whom are writing – what do we call it? Women's fiction? Life lit? I think so. Maybe life lit. Yeah. Yeah often with older protagonists, often with kind of ensemble stories. And I'm looking at doing a story that has a fairly prominent older character. So I'm really interested to see how they do that, what I can learn from the stories that they tell. Um, I've met Joanna a few times and she's absolutely gorgeous. So I've been really meaning to read her work. She has a new book out this year. The title now escapes me. Uh, Mrs. Winterbottoms takes a gap year. Oh, yes. Yes. Beautiful. And Sophie Green, hers are, all have quite like floral botanical covers. It's like the Ladies of the Jacaranda Gardening Society. Long titles. But I've listened to some really interesting interviews with her about how she works. And infuriatingly, she's someone who has a full-time job in publishing, non-fiction, and writes a novel a year in two 20-minute commutes each day. Oh, no. That, yeah. d- that wouldn't work for me. <laughs> but I'm glad it works for her. She sounds like an incredibly efficient person. Good for you, Sophie Green. But, yeah, I'll link to that in the show notes. I think it was with uh, – might have been with Val on the Writers' mm. Centre podcast. I think we're going to – but interesting. We're going to be meeting her at Rachel Johns's uh, Reader's Retreat, which Claire and I are attending oh, on yeah, the Gold I Coast. Oh, tell my husband about that. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure she'll be there, so – I also will need to read some of her work before then as well. It's always nice when you're meeting, you know, you're meeting other authors to have read at least one of their books, right? I'm so excited for that. It sounds mm. like it's going to be like school camp for <laughs> readers know, and writers. Just send our dietary requirements in. <laughs> the Great Summer Swap. I love when you do your voiceover voice, Karina, and stare deeply into my eyes while you do that voice. And I did it at my event the other week as well. <laughs> Perfect pairing. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a gig to supplement this um, writing income. I think um, you could do it. Yeah, I think I could too. I actually failed radio subject at uni in my meter and comms degree. So look at me now, people. <laughs> oh, that was the worst. I had... Beans, means, Heinz. <laughs> 
I did journalism at uni too and I still remember doing, a, I guess it was a radio or maybe a TV. It was like an intro to broadcast subject and we had this woman come in and literally like... Rip us to shreds. Rip us to shreds. It wouldn't happen now. Not in the cotton wool. <laughs> yeah. She was like, do I you, would hope. Do you want to work in broadcast? I was like, no, I'm a print journo. And she's like, that's good. Yeah, that similar thing happened to me actually. And yeah. I've heard other people talk about this. So I feel like it was just um, 0.01% maybe got the tick of approval. To be um, fair, I think she was like a voice coach that was probably looking to uh, get some clients. Oh, yes. Yeah. So the summer swap, this is where, I mean, we're making this up on the fly as per usual. Um, We are going to be giving each other a read for the summer to add to our summer reading piles. So Claire. And it's not really homework. It's more, I love this book. It's about time you read it kind of thing. Yes. And we've already discussed this and approved it because I'm very protective over like this summer reading list and I don't want to be reading anything that I don't want to read. So I I accept this willingly and enthusiastically. So what do I have? So I think we'll come back in the new year and talk about our impressions of each of these. I think definitely the one I've assigned you is something I'd love to go deep on. It's a real favourite of mine. Uh, so listeners, if you'd like to join in, um, you can read these over the summer too and we'll report back in 2024. Karina, I'm giving you Who's That Girl by Vari McFarlane. Oh my God, I'm so glad. Vali follows that rom-com pod on Instagram. Oh my goodness. So we're hoping, Vali, if you're closer. listening, um, you'll come and chat to us in 2024 <laughs> and I'll come and chat to you about how much I'm sure I'm going to enjoy Who's That Girl. So I've read lots of other titles, but not that one. She would be my dream guest, mm. I would say, although I would get super nervous to interview her, I'm sure. But Well, she's been on um, Friend of the Pod Pod, <laughs> better words. So um, It's not outside the realm yeah, of possibility. It definitely isn't. We've spoken about Vari before. She pretty reliably does a book a year. I haven't heard anything about a 2024 release. So I think I really it will hope. pop up, yeah. Or maybe when she chats to us, we can get the exclusive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, usually comes out in an April or May. She's with Harper Collins. She's a Scottish writer based in the UK who does just really clever, elevated, I would say character-driven romantic comedies that often have a pretty serious yeah they always do theme or kind of undertow to them. Who's That Girl, I think, comes pretty early in her back catalogue. I'm going to guess it was probably her third or fourth book. I think maybe it was a bit of a breakout for her. I'm pretty sure it's been optioned for development. It would make such a good movie. Uh, And it's a story about a girl who gets caught in a compromising position at a wedding, I think, uh, and sort of goes viral for all the wrong reasons and has to disappear from her life a little bit and ends up with this gig to ghostwrite a celebrity actor's memoir. Oh, that sounds cool. I should have checked this. I'm, I'm doing this purely from memory. No, but I also love that as well because then you're just actually saying well, the essence of the story, like not bogged down by plot, and you've really communicated the essence very well. You've sold that to me. I think we talked about, you know, the normie with a hot celeb kind of trope before, and to me this is the best of the best both leads are so charming and lovely and I think she does a really great job of balancing the kind of glamour of a a character like that this super hot actor that everyone loves with the kind of um, grounded details that make him seem real and make their romance seem attainable Mm. and realistic I can't wait it's so fun I'm going to be giving you a book that I've already spoken about on the pod and it's one that I don't think I'll do a 2023 wrap up, my favourite books, but if I was to do that, only because I've read so many great ones, this book would come out on top. Favourite? I mean, I think favourite per genre, but this one for me, so the book is (laughs) that I'm giving you to read, Someone Else's Bucket List by Amy Matthews. Um, Yeah, you've absolutely sold me on this over a couple of our conversations here. The special quality of this book for me is that it really spans genres It's, I mean, I think it's being classified as a rom-com. I guess it's got a Beth O'Leary quality to it, which is that really heartwarming quality. But 
I mean, I've yeah, definitely spoken about the plot of the book before, but it's, I guess, P.S. I love you for two sisters. Um, one sister who passes away of cancer and leaves a bucket list for her other sister to complete. And the bucket list includes going to New York and completing some really fun, I guess, rom-com centric um, bucket list items as well as some really intimate and meaningful ones. It's a book that I just keep revisiting in my head and my heart. I loved it so much and it's not out to February, so I've given Claire uh, my advanced reading copy, but I'm already starting to see some love for it in Australia. So it was out already in the US, but it's really nice to see some Australian bookstagrammers um, starting to read it and respond to it in the same way that I have. So. I just think it will just give you those summer reading feels, which is why I really want you to read it. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. that sounds so good. Yeah. I wanted to come up with a name for the next segment, but Claire says no. <laughs> That's not what happened, Karina. <laughs> but we're trying to keep this a bit shorter, a bit tighter. <laughs> There's no, there's no We time. don't have time for your voiceover voice. Okay. What are you watching on TV this summer? I'm trying to figure out where I could watch it, um, but there's a new rom-com show called Smothered. Yeah. High on my list. Monica Heisey is behind. So, And I actually haven't read her book that came out this year, Really Good, actually. It's you have? good. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. I listen, I, It was audiobook. Yeah. I did that in Barrel, actually. I always like to think oh. where I was. Yeah. Well, um, she's buds with, you know, she's in the group chat. Monica's ass or something. Monica's ass. Why do I know the name of the group chat? Because <laughs> they all talk about it. They talk, we've been listening to the new episode of Sentimental Garbage um, where Caroline O'Donoghue, also in the WhatsApp group chat called Monica's ass, they talk a little bit about the origins of that. So, yeah, Dolly Alderton, Monica. And I don't know who the who the other person is, but... Yeah. Someone new for us to make friends with, right. parasocially. We'll get on that. They're our dream team. Um, she also has – she's Canadian uh, and she has uh, worked on Shits Creek in the writer's room as well. So How amazing. It's good pedigree. I just want to get in a writer's room. I just want in one day. Mm. Well, I just watched all of Strife on Binge. Oh, yeah, is, I haven't watched that yet. Yeah. Uh, based on Mia Friedman's memoir. Jesse Stevens and Claire Stevens were in the writer's room, right? Yeah. Mm. Yes. Which, and I don't know, maybe it's because I was adjacent to that digital media world that it didn't feel um, that crazy to me. Like they have these pitch meetings where they talk about all of their like funny hooks for stories, which I think some people have found like amazing. And I'm just like, yeah. It's pretty standard. Just pretty a standard. day in the life of. <laughs> It's beautifully made. Like, it's very glossy, great cast, just looks really good, great music. Yeah, tore through it. This wasn't even on my list, but no. it is on our list. Well, it's not a rom-com, so I didn't put it on the list. Uh, but, yes, yeah, Smothered, uh, I think the premise is a, like, woman in her 20s in London, uh, a slightly older man who's a single dad decide to have uh, a fling, but they put, like, an expiration date on it. They're not going to catch feelings. It's just like a... Let's hook up. And then they do fall in love. Love it. Yeah. Starstruck, have you not seen season two? Or are you going to rewatch? I think I've seen season two, but there's a third season. Oh, right? sorry. Yes. I would. I just finished season three as well. Um, but I actually think I'd love to rewatch from season one. Um, yeah, I think I would go back to the yeah. beginning. I like season three, but like any show, you know, then you have these expectations. For me, season one. Um, and that's perfect. Normie. Normie with a hot yeah. star. <laughs> we love that trope. Colin from Accounts, I have not seen yet. So put that on your list. Yeah. Yeah. A vet the vet. <laughs> it's comedy gold. Comedy gold. Yeah. I don't know, I think I love the husband and wife team story behind that too. Exactly. I don't know. It's and also, to aspire to. Also like, and I think you can feel that chemistry between them. Um, you know, Patrick Brammel and Harriet Dyer wrote the series together, star in it together and Do you I think, think they held hands by writing it or like how how does that happen? I don't know. That's Over something dinner. I would love to love mm. to see how that works. But I think it's been really beautiful to see that take off around the world and the success that they've had they're working on a second season I think they've actually wrapped shooting Mm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where that goes again you know romantic comedy in that we have the romance it's funny but there's also some serious stuff that they're looking at it uh, in that series particularly around family relationships I found that quite 
quite interesting and moving. Shit's Creek. Did you put this in the list? <laughs> I rewatch it all the time. Oh, okay. So I probably yeah, it's definitely a show that I pop on if I'm in a bad mood. It's the number one fixer for me. So I probably pop that on because I know that at some stage during the summer period, I will definitely throw on a couple of episodes. I mean, the classic is obviously the the guitar scene. <laughs> uh, simply the best. Simply the best. Oh. The serenade. Yeah. I love that so much. And then, oh, yes, I had just received this email about this prickly new rom-com from the New York Times. And then, Claire, you had it on the list. Well, I put it on the list because I think it fits into rom-com. I don't know that it's a, like, 100% endorsement from me, but I think it's an interesting watch. It's called The Lovers. I think I watched it on Binge. I'll get that right in the show notes. But it's uh, set in Northern Ireland, which... there's political context to it that I kind of hadn't really factored in. Even the title, The Lovers, is actually a reference to uh, something within that Northern Ireland kind of conflict. And it's romance between a journalist who's there from London and he, played by the very charming and gorgeous Johnny Flynn. Johnny Flynn's interesting, right, because he's hot, but he's also sometimes kind of weird looking. Mm, I think that's lots of actors, like um, Adam Driver. Mm. He's got a, what do they say these days? Riz. (laughs) That's the word, isn't it? Yes. One of the words of the, one is cosy of living. Cosy lives. Cosy lives. Oh, my God. Sorry. How do you do, fellow kids? You just make me feel, (laughs) makes me feel very old. (laughs) Johnny Flynn plays Seamus, who's a kind of very self-centred political journalist. He's there in Northern Ireland to do a story and they have a very... Memorable meet cute where he meets Janet, who is a supermarket worker who's very kind of sweary and angry. Uh, And they have chemistry and kind of decide to have an affair. He has a partner back in London. I don't know that I like this, but that's okay. Well, and I think that's been the stumbling block for a lot of viewers. Uh, I think it's, yeah. That's why they're calling it prickly. Right. It's hard to ship a relationship built on infidelity. I think they do a decent job of showing how these characters fit together. But anyway, it's a quick watch. Let us know what you think. And I think we were also going to mention Lovesick because I, only because I saw the lovers compared to Lovesick. Maybe because Lovesick is a little bit gritty. I mean... Mm. Also stars Johnny Flynn. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's probably it then. <laughs> and that's the segue. Which I, I mean, it's a while since I watched Love Sick, but I loved it. Same. I mean, he went through his little black book, right? Um, so in some territories, this was called scrotal recall. I can't even. I think you're lying. You can look it up, babe, because the premise is that Johnny Flynn's character uh, is diagnosed with chlamydia or some kind of STD and essentially needs to go back through his uh partner history to contact people and let them know that they might want to get checked uh so we get this kind of conceit where he's reconnecting with past partners i might jump around in time as well yeah it's alphabetized that's all i remember because i remember like i was thinking wow we're gonna have someone for every like letter (laughs) i loved it Mm, i loved it too yeah should revisit that and then look i know we're going on but I just realised what I normally rewatch as well is the Anna Kendrick show Love Life. I really love that. The second season I also liked, but I really liked the first season. And Modern Love, which they're standalone episodes, obviously based on the essays. And that's on Amazon Prime. And there's a couple of episodes, one with the doorman, that I just rewatch regularly at this time of year. I mean, they've only been out for a few years, but I consistently rewatch those. I don't know why. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, no one can explain why this time of year. I just, that's where I go. You just got to follow your feelings yeah, this time of year. Yeah. I've also just signed back up to Prime after resisting. Sorry, that was probably because of Christmas. Watching. It was Window Wonderland that got me there. But yeah, I have been meaning to go back on it because I'd really like to see the remake of A League of Their Own oh, that yeah. um, Abby, Abby Jacobs did, which is making, I think, the queer subtext of that film very much the text. So I'm looking forward to that and then a friend of the pod, Danielle Scrimshaw, whose book we haven't really talked about here because it's history, doesn't really fit in rom-com, but she did a beautiful history that came out this year called She and Her Pretty Friend, which is looking at lesbian and queer women 
in Australian history and I'd recommend that quite highly. But she sent me a DM the other day about a YouTube and TikTok series called Touch, which is all about queer chicks on a touch footy team that looks pretty high up my alley. Uh, And the team's called the Galahs. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's so weird. Mm. But amazing. I know. So I'm following them on Instagram. looks really cute. Perfect pairings. Summer edition. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. What we thought we'd do here is uh, pair locations where you might be having a holiday, if you're lucky, with a reading suggestion. We'll try to keep this quick, but we're not very good at that. We're so bad at this. But actually, lots of these we've mentioned before, so maybe we can be. Yeah. So if you happen to be travelling to France, this is so relatable. So relatable. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm not travelling to the south of France, but I can when I read the pages of... Vanessa McCausland's beautiful Dreaming in French. I read this. This was another one I was saving for, like, the summer. Just pure, luxurious delight. So for New York, if you were travelling to the Big Apple, uh, Times Square to see that ball drop, (laughs) Winter in New York by Josie Silva. Uh, I also have country house on this list but country house can mean a lot of different things yeah for me I don't know why I just pictured like a tiny house in the middle of a field like completely remote not a not a Queenslander with a big veranda yeah Queenslander with a big veranda has anyone done that in a song yet surely what's the book Claire well well, it depends. Like if it's a really beautiful, breezy country house, you know, that classic estate with a beautiful garden, I would say anything from Penelope Janu. Mm-hmm. Um, she's done a beautiful series about the Cartwright sisters. I think she's had a book come out each year over the last few years. Penn does beautiful rural romance with really well fleshed out heroes and heroines. And quirky too. Quirky too. Mm. There's often fun animals doing cute things. <laughs> But if it's a house in a dusty old country town, I think James Colley's the next big thing. When is that out? Well, it's not out till February. I probably shouldn't keep talking about it. I mean, it. that's the same as someone else's bucket list, so. The next big thing has this, it's set in a town that's just kind of been left behind. You know, it's they're stricken by drought. People are leaving. And it's a pretty absurd romantic comedy. Like the level of satire is very high, which makes sense because he's a comedy writer. But, yeah, it's very funny and, you know, they have this – there's a place they call Vodafone Hill because the only place in town you can get mobile reception is if you go up to this hill and then throw your phone in the air. That's the way how you can, like, give and send text messages. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, And then one last one for a country house you've got to read. Five Bush Weddings or Love Match. Oh, oh, sorry. That was my job. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. I'm I'm pretty good at self-promotion at this point, Karina. Uh, What would you recommend to someone going to a lake house? Well, this is the thing because so I think we've spoken about Carly Fortune a little bit, so meet me at the lake. But I was just trying to remember the one that Josh Hortonella said to me that was like the lake house, you know, the Sandra Bullock. um, And I'm pretty sure it's the seven-year slip. Oh. Yeah, that has got... Got to put this on my... Yeah, same. Um, so that spoke about that so highly. I'm yeah, seeing a lot of people rate that. So have I. So, I mean, those time travel books are just really in at the moment, those high concept ones. I don't um, know if you're up to that part. Of, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Monica Heisey was like, I'm looking for people to, uh, I'm look, I want lower concept or Yeah, qualities. I was really laughing, yeah. like boy meets girl. No, let's go back in time. Um, <laughs> which I guess is, yeah, the Lake House vibe. So, and Ashley's first book um, is also on my list, um, The Dead Romantics. Oh, gosh, that, that got huge. Um, I think that was a bestseller in 2022. What's her full name, Karina? Ashley Poston? Yeah, sorry, I just wasn't sure. Oh, I yeah. thought that was a trick and her name was like Hermione something and that was a pen name. No, no, just getting the info there for our listeners. <laughs> yeah, Ashley Poston, um, a US novelist. The Public Pool. Yeah, our locations are getting less and less salubrious. So if you're reading at the public pool, which still a great pleasure and joy, uh, I have two recommendations. One is uh, Her Fidelity by the lovely Catherine Pollock. She's a Brisbane girl. And if you've ever lived in Brisbane or if you've ever worked in a record store, Her Fidelity is the coming-of-age comedy that you should read. Is it like Empire Records? It's got a bit of an Empire Records vibe. I mean... Kathy has experience in 
working in record stores. It's kind of autofiction territory because the uh, protagonist of the book is called Kathy. Yeah, which I think is always really fun for her to talk about mm-hmm. at events, like what the line is between fact and fiction. I thought I was playing with Maxine Mayberry, <laughs> which is my unintentional slip. There's a lot of feminism in that book. Kathy's working in a really male-dominated environment and she goes on quite a journey. I think it's a lot of fun. It'll make you laugh and get you listening to some fun music as well. Uh, and then another recommendation is Friend of the Pod, Georgia Moore's forthcoming electronic release four night stand Mm -hmm. might have you blushing behind your e-reader at the pool this book is so hot it's so sexy it's straight romance which isn't usually my bag but you can just tell she is nailing the genre a hundred percent and there's a really nice cast of characters as well with the friends um but, I mean, the premise of, it, of that is exactly what the title says. It, it does what it says on the tin. Um, Two colleagues at a conference deciding to have a four-night stand. A fling, just to make the conference that little bit more interesting. I mean, it's so funny when reading that, I spent the whole time going, but but doesn't don't you have to prepare for your presentation? Like, <laughs> uh, we both just read that and... Um, Loved it so much. It's so hot. So we want her and um, and Natalie to offer some Natalie Murray to sex do writing some classes. Some sex. We'll workshops. be there in the front row. Um, and then I guess this is the more likely location and scenario for a lot of our listeners, Claire. Yeah. The the paddling pool, or trapped at home with screaming children. Mm. I want to put in another recommendation for Jessica Detman, um, who I think writes domestic life really well, um, particularly you know life with small children in a funny way. Uh, so probably start with her first. Yeah. How to be second best, and her second. This has been absolutely lovely. Is also wonderful, and so is. Without further ado. Yeah. Which came out this year and. One of my favourite rom-coms of the year. I guess another option if you are so trapped with your children that you can't even open a book would be an audio book. And I've just been listening to Heartburn by Nora Ephron, read by Meryl Streep, yes. which is, I think, probably the best you can do in an audio book. I've also heard that Meryl Streep reads Anne Patchett's Tom Lake. Yes. So that's on my list too. I, I had a signed copy of... Um, Tom Lake from The Strand in New York. But when I heard that Meryl Streep's reading it, I might just have, yeah, my print book shelved and do audio. I was going to say as well, I mean, should we do some audiobook recommendations real quick? Yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, this is loose and summer. My all-time favourite audiobook is still Daisy Jones and the Six, the Taylor Jenkins <gasps> read. Because it's got a full cast. How have we not talked about TJR when we're talking about summer reading? I don't know, but luckily I came to our rescue and I saved the episode. I'm new to audiobooks. Yes. I loved Daisy Jones and the Six to read it. I mean, every book of Taylor Jenkins reads that I have read, um, I've loved. And I think she gets, she knows how to write a summer read because she's always got that great balance of a kind of sexy, sizzling, chemistry-laden romance with usually a historical era and just pacey plot. Often does like a great party scene. Yeah. Uh, a bit of glamour. It's funny because you get the comfort of it being the formula but and she's going through basically the eras, right? Mm. Like Mellaby Rising was 70s or 80s anyway so you get the comfort of that but each book is so different but you know what you're going to get in the same way like a lot of our favorite authors that have built a great career you can just kind of guarantee that you can pick up one of her books and you're going to enjoy it yeah so daisy jones and the six on audio with the full cast excellent because that's a story of a band told as a kind of oral history so and she does that beautifully this kind of teasing out different perspectives of the same events that happened She's so clever. I'm still to watch the TV adaption. Yeah, same. I can do that now. I have Prime, I guess. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what was stopping me. I think because, yeah, it was, I guess it's one because I listened on audio. You don't want to see it fucked up. Exactly. But I've heard that it's not. So, mm. but I'll be, ju- I'll be the judge oh, of that. You'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Is that it, Claire? Or do you have another audio? No, that's, that's all I've got. There was one other book that we wanted to recommend for your summer list as well which is Loving Lizzie March by Susanna Hardy yes yes that's such a fun read so where would you read that one I mean you can read that anywhere but maybe (laughs) 
By the uh, beach? By the beach. We didn't actually do the beach. Oh, yeah, by the beach. Or, you know, adjacent to the fridge with the fridge wide open, getting that cool breeze, <laughs> like whatever. I haven't um, read this yet, but Susanna is divine. I'm a big fan of hers. Yeah, and it starts with just like such a fun scene. Um uh, standing on a wheelie bin, like peering in like a love interest window. And so it kind of grabs you from the beginning and you know what you're going to get, like a fun, pacey plot. Um, it's just a lot of fun. Like you'll whip through that one and get all the warm and fuzzy feels. So, yeah, Loving Lizzie March by Susanna Hardy. Actually, you know what I think would be a nice pairing with that is Love and Other Puzzles by Kimberly Allsop. Oh, I can't yeah. believe we haven't mentioned that before. Have we not? I don't think we have. <laughs> Sorry, Kimberly. I don't know if you're listening, but... We love you, and it's such a fun book. Love and other puzzles. I think came was that early twenty twenty three or was it twenty twenty two? No, it was definitely twenty twenty two. Because I remember I purchased a dress online um, that I thought was going to be like this demure kind of buttercup yellow, and it was like bright orange, which is the color. So her cover was amazing, and I'm pretty sure the cover won the HarperCollins, um, mm. like the HarperCollins. Um, design team won an award for that cover but it features um, one of those covers like with the protagonist well she's face down like on the couch so very like the sorrow and bliss kind of cover Um, but she's wearing this bright orange coat Uh, and then I got this dress that was like almost the identical color and I yeah sent her a little picture of like me (laughs) recreating so I remember when that dress arrived because I remember the occasion that it was supposed to be for um, and then obviously it, it couldn't be worn little tidbit behind the scenes. <laughs> I think this is it for summer. <laughs> it's Claire. We're, we're going back on holidays now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> You're lucky you got this episode at all. This is a bonus. We will link to all the books and movies we mention in the show notes. Claire works really hard at that. Maybe I will take on that job next year to give her a break. But sign up to our Substack to get the lowdown on all the things. I mean, we will have to go and find the links for a lot of these rogue mentions but you'll get that straight into your inbox when the episode drops follow us on instagram at that rom-com pod feel free to dm us anything that you're interested in hearing about we get the best dms and yeah we definitely listen to what you say and you're the best studious listeners rate and review us you might have time over the holiday break to whack a little review up Hmm. doesn't take long (laughs) it doesn't and we'll be back for season two very shortly very exciting Hope you're having a great holiday. Bye. Bye.